You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to The Uncommon Podcast. I am your host, Ryan, joined by my co-host, Philip. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> there he is. Today, we're talking through some topics around our uncommon pillar of stellar stewardship. These are skills and mindset that we cover with the men in our community, the fraternity. It's our weekly mastermind call. If you're interested in learning more about this community, how you can apply, you can visit our website at theuncommon.com slash membership. We'll link that in the show notes. Question for you, Phil. Well, first off, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Good, good. You know, there's a lot going on. Summer to me, and we're shooting this in the summer, yeah. 2023, it's like uncontrolled chaos. Hmm. We're in the school year, we got controlled chaos, but our kids are getting older, and we're like conditioning them to be busy. That's just what we do. We don't want to, but then you got to get them in this and get them in that. Yeah. You're conditioning them to be busy, let hmm. me just tell you. And so summer to us is like uncontrolled chaos. Where in the year, it's like, okay, there's some kind of control now it's just like all hands are off. Then you throw a vacation in there and then all the other projects yeah. and different things, extracurricular things that our kids are in. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah. You're going to Yellowstone? We're going to Yellowstone on Friday. Nice. Yeah. For a week. We're going to do a thing called a zip and dip. Ooh. Yeah. Pray tell. Let me tell you. It's a <laughs> zip lining in the morning and then in the afternoon we're going to go whitewater rafting. Dude. Yeah. That's uncommon. Do you, do you go directly from zip line? Gosh. Into the the raft, I'd pay more for that, <laughs> or into the river. No, that'd be amazing. No, but there'll be a point where I will ask the guide on our whitewater: Is there any cliff we can jump off? Yeah, on this route, we shall see. There's been flooding in Yellowstone for the past, I don't know, for a while, and then the fires up in Canada. Like, yeah. who knows what we're going to get into? You guys are going to be in the in the thick of it. Yeah, but I gotta say that I feel like Yellowstone is more of a national park where you do a lot of driving and sightseeing. Uh-huh. That couldn't be further from what I want to be doing. As okay. opposed to like hiking or hiking, yeah. jumping off cliffs, yeah. finding like cool, like, what is it? Like hot water. Oh yeah. The the spas. Yeah. 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 What is that called? Uh, springs. Yeah. Hot water springs. Hot water springs. Oh, like the geysers? Not the geysers. You can Not see like those old all faithful. the time. But like there are like pockets of really hot water that yeah come, and anyway that those are close because of the, the flooding smell of sulfur in that's the air. true that's also they don't really talk <laughs> about farts but, yeah. <laughs> so i'm excited about y'all what do you have planned this summer i mean we just got back from a trip to michigan so that was really fun because i grew up going there when i was little i had some family up that way and so this was maybe the second or third time got up there with our our two boys so just kind of reliving a lot of those childhood memories like one like we would go out on the pier and wow watch the boats watch the sunset one thing in particular that's super fun is just like climbing sand dunes so that was there's a place that we go to called butch's burritos it's just this little shack like right on the beach i remembered the food being a lot better than it it actually was which is pretty 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 common (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, you just smash a burrito and then you work off the calories by running up, climbing up dunes. a sand dune and then running down. And have you ever seen the people who snowboard off sand? Yeah, dunes? I want to do, do that. that there. Uh, there are a lot of fallen trees and, and sticks, so I wouldn't recommend that. Okay, it's not like very big. It's kind of like where we do it. There's like one path and it's pretty narrow, mm-hmm. but it goes up into this this big forest, which is really cool. So you're like out and the sun's beating down on you and you're in sand and then suddenly you get to the top Shit. and you're just like in a forest and it's like wow very lush and pretty cool but yeah it's cool it's a it's pretty surreal like going back there and i was like i haven't climbed up this sand dune in over 20 years and like here i am with my three-year-old and my yeah. one and a half year old and like i was coming here when i was like five through wow. 12 it's pretty very cool it just makes me think like there's the the stat i've heard a lot and probably have shared on this show Someone did the math once upon a time. It basically says uh, 80% of the time that you have with your kids is gone by the time they're 12. So if you think about when they get to that age, they start getting involved in activities. They're sleeping over at friends. And before you know it, they're going off to college College. if that's the path they take. But yeah, just just a reminder for me to be intentional with the time that I have with them now because... I'll blink and then I'll be going to Yellowstone and my kids will be teenagers, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true, man. It's true. So yeah, I think on that note is we're today we're talking about investing in your values. So that'll that'll kind of align with even just talking about the memories that we want to make uh, as families. But question for you: So you're, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're a financial advisor. That's true. All right. That's what I do in my normal (laughs) day-to-day job. Yeah. And a big aspect of your job is managing various investment accounts for Mm -hmm. clients. Mm So question is when you hear the word invest, like what are some things that come to mind for you? Mm. Any words or any pictures? I, for some reason, I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. So there's that sacrifice seems like the right word that follows invest. Like there's not just seems like you have to sacrifice something in order to invest. Okay. Uh, so that's like, Like is it like a delayed because you're yeah. basically saying yeah. I'm not going to spend my money on this thing now, right? In order to, have or like when later. I think about investing, I think about time that you're investing, or yep. what are you investing in? But like for for me, there's something that you're giving up in order to have something in the future, yep. Or doing something now to get some something more the profitable future. in the future, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's an uncommon thing to do. That's not an easy thing to do. Like no. in our flesh, we're just in our culture is created to instant gratification and just get what you can get now and yeah you can get into the mindset of of money which we'll talk about of just like scarcity versus abundance Mm -hmm. but yeah some kind of along the lines of what you shared like first thing that came to mind for me is just compound interest so Mm -hmm. the interest you earn on interest so you guys know what that is like easy example if if your hundred dollars earns five percent interest annually at the end of year one you'll have how how much money five dollars yeah, $105. You'll, your money has earned $5. Yes. And the next year, you earn 5% on the $105. And Einstein famously said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He says, he who understands it earns it, and he who doesn't pays it. Mm. Pretty powerful. Yeah. I think if, if there was one money lesson I could have implemented at an earlier age, it would have been an understanding of compound interest. <laughs> yeah, all of us say the same thing. Yep. Other things that come to mind when you just... Hear the word invest. So yeah, retirement, the stock market, things like trying to time the market, uh, investing in companies. I think 
investing in things that you're familiar with and passionate about instead of just kind of like hot tips. I think mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. There's kind of the get rich quick versus get rich slowly over time. That goes back to the compound interest. Right. Uh, and I think overall, like investing is the idea of strategically putting your money to work for you so that it makes more money passively. And all these investment, this is only like scratching the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think all of these potential investment vehicles are worthwhile tools as long as you like do your due diligence mm-hmm. and you're willing to like play the long game, kind of what you alluded right. to. Anything to add to that? No, I think that's good. I think to me, because Uncommon Wealth Partners is a very different firm. Like when we talk about wealth, we just don't talk about people's financial wealth. We talk about their core values yeah, and their good and bad experiences that got them to where they're at today. And how are you going to implement that to the next generation? How can you use your money as a tool to then offset some of these things? How can you invest in something that's most important to you, which is your core values and things like that in order to instill these things that you've gotten this wealth to the next generation. And so when I think about wealth, that's the reason why we put that in the name. It wasn't like uncommon financial Mm. partners, you know, it was uncommon wealth and your wealth is far more than just the money in your pocket or the money you've saved. There's way more to people's wealth than I think a lot of investment advisors talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think of like wealth of relationships. Yes, like priceless to me. Yeah. And some people don't find that as priceless. Like, right. Give me the money. I could care about the relationship. You know, could care yeah. less. But uh, for others, like myself, like relationships are invaluable. Right. There wouldn't be a number on a document. 75 grand, like I could care less. Like I want the relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's that's where I was going. Is like the one thing that you don't hear much about when it comes to investing is investing in your values. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we talk ad nauseum on this show about core values because we believe it's foundational to living an uncommon life and using your core values as a filter through which to steward your finances. So even to offer an example from my life, one of my core values is discovery. And so that means to me, discovering more about myself as a man, my giftings, passion, and calling. There's also an element of discovering new places and experiences. And as a husband and a father, like I want to give my wife and our two boys the opportunity for discovery in their lives. So even what I shared about us going to Michigan, like doing things that I did as a boy, but also like doing things that are new together, making memories. Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like for me, relationships are a huge core value. And so one thing that I would say that we spend money on is hospitality or like hosting other people because we want the relationship. So for us to spend money on food, to have people come over so we can have dinner with them is like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're spending money. (laughs) And that's because it's in line with our core values. Um, or I love to compete. So if I'm going to go buy like a, a new ball or a new game. I know I'm just like, Oh, well I get to go have relationships with people, host people buy this and then compete. Like, yeah, I'll pay for that. No problem. Right. (laughs) And so it's in line with our core values. And so when it's in that, you know that it doesn't feel as it doesn't hurt as bad when you spend money, if that makes any sense. So for for me, that's kind of an example for me. Yeah. You had asked uh, what I have planned for this summer, and I obviously mentioned the Michigan trip that we've already done, but I think you were probably touching on the trip that Victoria yeah. and I are going to take in August to Hawaii, which we're really excited about. And, you know, 
if you want to talk about investment, like that's certainly a Whoa, right. financial investment between the flights and the accommodation, the rental car, and then the money that we'll have to spend while we're there, whether it be on food or excursions, things like that. It's like, I don't even want to, I don't even know what the number is going to be, <laughs> but if I did, I probably wouldn't say it out loud because I'd throw up in my mouth to still steal yeah. a philism. <laughs> but I was thinking about it in terms of like, what's the flip side? Like what's the opportunity cost if we don't do this trip together, if we don't invest financially in that. So my wife and I, we would miss out on a, a solid week of what I hope and expect will be good quality time, adventure and lifelong memories. I think we would continue to make excuses on why we have to prioritize like our kids mm-hmm. and their perceived happiness and well-being over the health and vitality of our marriage, which I think a lot of people do fall into. Yes. Our kids would miss out on a week of quality time with their grandparents who they don't get to see as often. And then a big one is like, we would likely wait until retirement to travel like so many people do and then realize when that time comes like, oh, we're not as healthy as we were when we were younger. And it's still, yeah, and it's still difficult to find time and money to make this trip happen. (laughs) So like the point is there will always be excuses and like reasons to not invest in our core values, but when you live by your core values, like they can be the catalyst to prompt you to take action and, and, and make these decisions. Some more benefits of, of why we should align our money habits with our core values is it will empower you if you're if you're single or if you're you're married, it'll allow you and your spouse to be unified in your spending. You can avoid mindless, meaningless purchases. You can feel secure and confident in your spending. You can practice accountability in your stewardship. And if you're, you know, a follower of, of Christ as we are, I think a big thing is seeing your money as a blessing from God for you to manage. It's like we're not we're not owners, we're managers. That's mm-hmm. the definition of stewardship. Mm-hmm. And we don't use what God's given us for our own selfish means to build our own earthly kingdoms like we want to proactively invest in his eternal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. So here's my question to you. What questions or conversations should we be prior, prioritizing in our marriage when it comes to our finances Yeah. to make sure that our spending is in line with our core values? Yeah, what came to mind for you? Uh, it was interesting thinking through this. Uh, I have good clients that went on this budgeting app that we have, uh, that we, we have access to, that we like. My family and I are on it. It's called Cube Money. This isn't a shameless plug, but it worked pretty well. Here's what this couple said. She says, I feel like my husband and I are way more intimately connected because we are sharing this thing called Cube. And so I feel like we're way more in line and intimate because we're actually sharing our finances. Something, a byproduct of something she never thought was going to happen. Which I was like, that's fascinating because it's true. Um, and there's like a little thing, like if something happens in our cube, like my phone or my wife will be swiping it at the grocery store. My phone will ring like, up. Oh, this is a notification. This happened. Yep. Uh, so there is some more transparency, but along those lines, also some intimacy that's coming yeah. along with money. And so for me, that's powerful, but also then like taking, you did a really cool thing and do that every year of like a weekend where you recap the the year and then you start kind of prioritizing what do we want to spend our money on? What do we want to spend our time on next year? Yep. Let's make sure we make that a priority. Yep. Um, I love that idea. So I think those are great conversations. They're intentional conversations. You're never really going to have somebody upset about an intentional conversation as a, a man of the household and leading your family. 
I don't ever think that's going to go bad. I probably don't know all the situations out there, but <laughs> watch it happen. And it's horrible for you. Like, ah, he told me that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's always just good to be forward thinking and something that when you're in and working in the weeds, it's hard to see the forest from the trees. But if you make yourself do that, it pulls yourself out and not working in your life, but working on your life. Mm. That's powerful. So anything you can do that. And finances is a big thing. Like at the end of the day, we all need money to, to buy things, whether we need or want it. Yeah. And uh, we have to make sure that it's in line with our core values. So I mm. think all those are really good starts. Um, I'm sure there's way more. What would yeah. you say? No, I love that you touched on that. There's like that term financial intimacy, which sounds strange, but if you think of the flip side of that, of like financial disagreements or hardship, I believe the number one cause of divorce. So it would seem that if you have harmony in your finances, then that should, like you said, foster intimacy. Yeah. And just, yeah, that transparency, that accountability, that casting vision together, like that can permeate into all other areas of your, of your marriage. So yeah, I think that's a hugely important thing to talk about. I think some other questions, conversations to prioritize in marriage around your stewardship is even taking a big step back of like, how was money used or talked about in your home growing up? Mm. Like, what was the mood of money uh, as you observed your parents? (laughs) Was it stress? Was it fun and joy? Was it openly talked about? Was it talked about behind closed doors? Was it, yeah, secretive? Was generosity something that was practiced? Or was it extreme frugality? Mm-hmm. I think that would be such a an eye-opening conversation to have with your spouse that one would teach you a lot more about them, but then two could could help you guys cultivate like a unified vision. It's like, well, what do we want? Oh, yeah. What do we want to be the mood of money in our house? Yeah. What do we want to model for our right. kids? You know, uh, I think another question is like, what agreements have you made with money, good or bad? So again, that. I do think that stems from like your background and how you were raised. Some some agreements like, well, I don't deserve money or my self-worth is directly related to the amount of money I make or have. Mm. Money is a, is a blessing from God that I use for his kingdom and glory. You hear more money, more problems. Money is hard or easy to make. Like sit down, write down your own, your own agreements and like have your spouse do the same and, and talk through these things. Mm-hmm. And then another question is like, do I think I have more of an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset around money? And an interesting thing is like, you can be very wealthy and still have a scarcity mindset. Oh, for sure. And you can live modestly with an abundance mindset. Right. So it doesn't necessarily correlate with how much money (laughs) you make, right? Right. And I think the last question that I uh, would prioritize is, in what ways are we currently or do we want to start investing our money in God's kingdom? So... What does it look like for us to tithe, to give to missions, to support various Christian organizations, et cetera? Yeah, and, and that's a good question. Just like, what are you? What are ways you're currently investing in God's kingdom? Yeah, that to me is like my biggest investment. Like, as investment advisors, obviously this is not an investing advising show. So the hundred, the only thing we can guarantee when we're talking about somebody's money is a hundred percent loss when we're talking about the market. That's the only thing we can guarantee, which is really nothing. <laughs> Can't guarantee anything except you could lose it all, right? Yeah. Okay, that doesn't feel great. But like in the Bible, it says you want a good rate of return, invest in the kingdom. And that is a guaranteed rate of return that you'll see and you'll be able to pass it on into eternity. So that's pretty sweet. There's a 
book called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. Have you ever heard of this or I read this book? I think you've mentioned it. I have not read it's it. It's a pretty sweet book. Um, but that's the basic premise of you can't take things with you to the next, like to eternity, but you can pass things forward by, by investing in the kingdom. And to me, there is something about tithing and this, that, and the other that will help you with greed and all these other things that are not very good qualities to have. That's why it's like, Hey, maybe stop focusing in on yourself, start giving it, giving money out. And there is some byproduct of that is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like that. Yeah. Let me ask you, like, what agreements have you made with Aaron or even your kids are older? So maybe as a family, I don't know if you've done that. Like when it comes to stewarding money around values. Um, that's a good question. I feel like my wife and I, we just follow the cube. We've been doing that for about a year. This is what's budgeted. This is what we'll stay. She's amazing at that. The problem with this, I'll tell you, ready for this? Yes. Is that she she spends 80% of our money, not because like she spends crazy. It's just because like she's grocery shopping. She's doing this, that, and the other. So at times she feels like I'm the one who's only spending money. Well, yeah, kind of. But like you're doing it for five people, yeah. you know, so I could do it, but I'm telling you, I'd be a lot worse because I'd be buying <laughs> gushers and good stuff. And peanut butter M&Ms. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so she does a lot better. Like she is the more responsible one. But sometimes that's hard because she's the one who's swiping things and, yeah. and providing and doing these things for our family. My job is to try to get them, make sure there's money in the account. Yeah. Right. And so. That's that's been really a good tool for us just to make sure like where's all the money going? We have a better idea when we're using this budgeting app. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter which one you do. That's for us. It works well. So I would say that's for my wife and I. As for our kids, Lorraine actually has a lot more money than she just babysits and she's a saver. She's a okay. firstborn. That's just what they do. Just they save? <laughs> they save, okay. yeah. Um, and so she has a lot of money. She has a little bank account. Um, the other two, I, I just like, tell me what you need. We'll get it done. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably missing a huge opportunity to be able to like instill core values for them. Um, but it's really interesting how each person is different and it's fun to be able to look at your kids and how they're wired. I can only imagine how God looks at us, you know, like, oh, Philip, <laughs> wow. Oh, anyway, so with grace, with grace <laughs> is how that works. But, um, it's neat to see each one of my kids and like, how like Beckham just bought a pretty expensive fishing pole. Okay. And he thinks it's broken because he hasn't caught anything. Uh, yet. What is wrong with this thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are there any fish attached to the line? Yeah. Uh, and so it's fish, just interesting. I can just tell like, he's like, how much did I spend on this? Like, and so it's fun to let our kids kind of develop that. I should probably do a way better job kind of guiding them. But oh. what about you? Yeah. I'd say a couple agreements that, Victoria and I have made is one is just valuing experiences over stuff. So it's like, yeah, accumulate experiences together and, and memories over, over things. I mean, we buy certain things, but it's not like we're, we're not too caught up with like, what's the next like toy. Mm. So if we have an option to use our money towards an item or a toy or like do an experience as a family, it's like, we're more than likely going to prioritize the trip and that's because we've already like predetermined what we value mm-hmm. and more to come on this as we talk about the top 10 list. Yeah. So that's the first one. I think the other one is like, we, we never want to invest more money like in our retirement per month than we give. 
Mm. Whether that's through tithing or um, just giving to different different causes that we care about, and I that was something that kind of came on my radar more recently, um, just through different conversations. But I think the reason being is like we believe the best way we can use our money is to invest in God's eternal kingdom. So mm-hmm. if we're looking at our money and we're like, oh, we're investing five hundred in our retirement and two hundred in our giving. There's a something's off kilter yeah. there, yeah. so we're not really like practicing what we preach. So had to realign that. So, but that only came about because we've been having conversations around it. So that's going back to like why it's important to right have these. Check-ins. It's also powerful to have these conversations when you're not in the throes of a battle, right? When you're not oh, yeah. in like a conference, like <laughs> yeah. argument, not ideal, right? Not ideal. Yep. So you can't sure. use your core values. You shouldn't use your core values as like a dagger, but just as like a litmus test of like, is this where we're actually, are we aligned here? And in that, when you're talking about this in a comfortable, non-threatening, <laughs> unargumentative way, it's like, oh, meh, that's a good point. Like, yeah. you know, you're more unified. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. And I think along those lines, like if you perceive that, and more often than not, we're going to be more aware of the ways our significant other has strayed than we will ourselves. Oh, sure. So if we're going to address maybe an area of overspending, definitely take a look in the mirror first and say, well, how have I, have I been, you know, following our core values and the way that I spend and whether you guys, you know, give each other an allowance or however you do that, you know, take that that log out of your own eye before you point out the speck, right? Amen to that. (laughs) So as we kind of wrap this one up, outro and some action steps, I think the first one would be to define your current money relationship. So this is a cool exercise you can do either solo or, or as a couple. So put three minutes on the clock, write down every word that comes to mind when you think about money. These can be emotions, they can be objects, thoughts, ideas, whatever comes to mind, good and bad and in between. Uh, put three minutes on the clock, write everything down. When when the time's up, just share and, and discuss the things that you wrote down. And that is just going to foster some very uh, interesting conversation. Yeah. Another thing we've shared on the show before is just completing your top 10 list of what brings you the most joy and fulfillment. So essentially how this works, and we'll include a, a link in the show notes. You can download this for free. In this exercise, you just take time to write down, think about what are the top 10 things that bring you the most joy and fulfillment in your life. Uh, this was a pretty formative exercise for, for me and my wife to do early on in our marriage. Once we wrote down our list, then we came together and shared what was on our list. And you take time to reflect what are the similarities that we have here? What are the differences? And mm. there's a couple questions I'd say is like, yeah, what are the what are the things you share? What are different um, you can even combine your lists into maybe 10 shared values and then just assess like how are our values being reflected in our spending and our saving um, and our overall stewardship mm-hmm. and then determine what actions you need to take to bring more alignment between your values and your money. Let's say one of your, your values for both of you is to travel. Then you got to look at, okay, how much money are we allocating for travel? Oh, it's zero dollars. <laughs> We need to create a budget category so we can actually save and, and do this instead of trying to put a trip on a credit card. So. Yeah, it's good. So that would be our, our uh, challenge to you. Again, we'll link those things in the show notes for you to take action. 
any closing thoughts or encouragement from uh, my co-pilot, Phil? Mm, love it. Uh, I would say these are ways that are just making you more intentional on the way that you're living your life. It's so easy to go through life in a mundane way, looking at your phone and scrolling. This is a way to like pull up, work on your business, work on your marriage, work on your family. And this is a good idea. Uh, and I think it will produce a lot of fruit. It'll also be challenging too. So nothing that I've ever done that's good has been easy. <laughs> it's always been like, okay, that's going to take some hard work, intentionality. Yeah. But the byproduct of it is really, really good. And I think that's the kind of thing that we're trying to build here. At Un- the Uncommon is just trying to get people to be a present intentional and watch the fruit that happens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think last thing I would say is with these questions and these reflective exercises, like hopefully it infuses these conversations with, with fun. Cause if you can talk about your money in light of your big picture vision for your marriage and your family, then it's, it's less mundane and, and stressful of just like the numbers and the nitty gritty. It's more so like, how does the way we steward what God's given us actually allow us to create this compelling future and this life that we want for ourselves and for our family and future generations like Phil's been talking about? So, yeah, have some fun with it. Just continue to be uncommon. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.